Are you ready to prioritize your health? You're in the right place. Welcome to the Seasonal Sisters podcast. I'm Janice Saunders, certified life coach and founder of the Seasonal Healthy Habits Collective. This show is for you if you're a woman of color and feel you could be healthier. We will talk about how to maximize the health of your body, communicate what matters most, and connect more deeply with ourselves and others, and have more energy to continue building the career and life you desire, reaching your life and health goals by working smarter, not harder, is possible. Your journey to better health starts right here. Hello and welcome back to the Seasonal Sisters podcast. I'm Janice Saunders, your host and chief seasonal sister. Today, we are beginning to talk to Yolanda Stevens, who is also prioritizing health. And we know how important it is to prioritize health. This podcast is for you if you're interested in prioritizing health. So Yolanda, welcome to the Seasonal Sisters podcast. I'm so glad you decided to join us today. Thank How are you, you doing? So much. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. I am doing well. Thank you. Well, I, I have been following you on Instagram for a little bit because you are prioritizing health in a most unique kind of way. You are a triathlete. And I was just like, I didn't know so many African-American women were in the sport of triathlon. And I just wanted to hear a little bit about your journey in prioritizing health, because you're not only doing healthy habits, you're competing as well. Yes. Well, I, if you would have asked me 10 years ago, if I would be doing this today, I would have thought, no way. 10 years ago, I made my bucket list goal was to do a 5k. I had danced most of my life and I had an ACL injury and then a second ACL injury. And I put on a lot of weight and I got comfortable in that weight. And it was because it's so hard to come off, you know, and if you've been so active your whole life, and then all of a sudden it comes to a screeching halt and you're on crutches and going through physical therapy, it, it plays a toll on you mentally as well as physically. So at my heaviest, I got to 235 pounds and I had a serious talk with my doctor who pulled me in for a physical and said, look, you are 36 years old. Your mother has diabetes. Your father has heart disease. You have two kids. Do you want to see them graduate? Do you want to see them grow up, get married? And it was almost like a, a moment where I just had to kind of sit back and think, I can't be comfortable in this, right? I have to get up and I have to move. I have to do something. If mostly for me, but definitely for my children. So my whole goal at that point was just to get up and be active. And I would picked a three mile route in my neighborhood. I put on some headphones and my goal was to get out at least three times a week and just walk. And so I did that, put my music on. I had absolutely no intentions on running. It was just about me getting up and being active. And after I did that for a little bit, I started feeling good. I started feeling good about myself. The weight started coming off just a little bit. I hadn't changed my eating habits yet, but my whole goal at that point was just to, to move. So then I increased it to four times a week because it was I was able to do it. And then I said, well, I'm going to challenge myself a little bit because I'm comfortable right now with the walking that I'm going to try to jog 
for three houses. And then I'm just going to walk until I feel like I can run again. And again, at this point, I was 235 pounds that the weight started coming off a little bit. And then I would add on a run house and take off a walk house. So because I'm a visual person, I could see that I, if I can get to that point, then I can reward myself with a walk. And I did that for some time and I started feeling good mentally, physically, adding on a run house. And then I started limiting how many walk houses I had. And so then I set my goal to, okay, well, I can almost run a half mile. If I keep this up, maybe I can run a mile. So it's setting up little goals for myself that are attainable, little bite-sized goals is what I call them. And eventually I was able to jog a mile and I felt good. So I set a goal. I said, by my birthday, I'm going to do a 5K. That's on my bucket list to do a 5K. And so I, (laughs) I signed up for the race. And then shortly after that, I found out that I had to fly out of town for my sorority regional conference on that weekend. Cause I was so excited. I didn't even check my calendar. I was signing up for a race. So I called the race director and I said, I signed up for this race, but I can't make this one. Is there another 5k that happens before April 23rd, 2012? She said, no, but we have a 10k. And I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> That's not what I wanted. She's like, well, we do have a 5k in, in July that we could sign, we can move your registration to. And I said, nope, I made a commitment to myself by my birthday. So I'm going to have to suck it up and do a 10K. So I had four months to try to get ready to do it. And I crossed the finish line and it was the most amazing feeling for me to say, okay, I did that. Like, and I did, I did well. And I, I held to it and I visualized running to a certain point as I did in the neighborhood. And then I would walk and by the end of that year, I did my first half marathon. So Yolanda, (laughs) I have to commend you just 1000% on, on just listening to your doctor and having that conversation with your physician and really internalizing it because many people have conversations with their physicians and, and don't, think, hey, I I need to make a change. And they have the confidence in themselves to begin, to press start on whatever it is. And I love the fact that you used a system called laddering that is, you know, talked about in many different circles and clinically shown to improve people's ability to achieve goals, which is start small and work your way up. And I, I too had a similar experience with my doctor telling me I needed to move a little bit more. And I just, and I'm a swimmer. So I was swimming a little bit and then the, then pools got shut down because of the pandemic. So I started walking and I started one block, two block. I'm in New York city. And so one or two blocks, you know, I said, okay. You know, after I did that a few days, I said, well, maybe I can jog one block. Because I had an ACL tear in 30 years ago when I turned 30, I tore my ACL. So I had it repaired, but it was many years ago. So I never thought about running, but I said, maybe I can jog a block or two. Did one block, walk some more. When I felt like I could jog again, I, you know, jog, like you said, a couple of houses. Mm -hmm. I jog a couple of buildings and then I give myself some time. So it really is a system that works 
to, I wasn't necessarily trying to lose weight, but I was trying to improve my hemoglobin A1C. Mm -hmm. I'm 55 and like your family, there's a history of type two diabetes. And I had diabetes while I was pregnant, very close to it and was right there. And I knew that this was something I needed to be aware of and take some action on and did. And like you, I just started feeling better and better every time I did it. And I just want to say how proud I am of you for just making that effort because we can see, everybody can't see, but they can hear in your voice how, how it made you feel about yourself. I I don't, were you an athlete as a young person? Not at all. (laughs) I tell my kids all the time that I was on the track team for a half a lap. It's like, because I, I, I grew up and I danced and in high school, I was on my drill team and we would go out and do high kicks for an, you know, a couple hours. And the track coach said, okay, you're in off season. Why don't you come and mm-hmm. try out for the track team? And I was like, running is not my ministry. That's not what I have no desire to be out in the hot sun and get sweaty. He was yeah. like, well, just come out. It'll keep you in shape. And I left the dance room, went out to the track and he was like, okay, we're going to do a warm up lap. And I did halfway around and I was like, I'm good. <laughs> right. I've, I've warmed up good enough. <laughs> right. But, but you- I understand your, your, your topic about your, your knee injury, because my first knee injury was an ACL tear. Mm-hmm. Mine too. And the doctor said, well, you're not, you, you need to stop dancing with that. And so a couple of years later, I'm dancing for my church. And it's like, I'm no longer dancing for semi-pro football team now with my church. And doing the same move, I tore my ACL and had to get it reconstructed. And that's when most of the weight came on at that point. <laughs> yes. That, that's, I tore my ACL. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I tore it all. I tore it also in African dance class and I'm not a dancer by trade, but I took to, to movement. Right. And I just love movement. Any movement to drums is a movement that I'm going to stick with. And even now I still, you know, that I've got, I, if I can get to an African dance class, I'm going to be there. We still we have a lot in common. I studied African dance for four years in college. <laughs> Nothing. If you do a class in Orlando, you let me know. I'm gonna uh, make- <laughs> well, how has, you know, how has prioritizing health, you know, made an impact in your life? Just how you live every day. It has, it's changed me in a lot of ways. It, you know, I call it, you know, people wonder what's my why. And I think it all started with, and I call it my, the power of a made up mind. That's what made me move from what my doctor told me I needed to do. And a lot of people can tell you what you need to do, but until you make up your mind that this is what you need and what you want, it's never going to come to pass. It's the goals that you have to set for yourself. And from that point, when I started accomplishing certain things and prioritizing my health, it kind of opened my mind to venturing out and doing things that are uncomfortable, things that I, I feel push me past what I set for myself as boundaries And also, most importantly, to be an example for my children, to show them how important health is, because they come from the same health background that I do, how important their health is for them, and also setting goals that seem unreachable, 
and then to have them watch me meet those goals. And from when they were young and they were old enough to volunteer at races, they wanted to go to the races to watch me cross the finish line and they would volunteer so that they could put the medal on my neck. So they would alternate who gets to put the medal on my neck. And so it was, it was inspiring to see them see me accomplish those goals because they know they're cut from this cloth and that what they put their minds to that they were able to do. I always say when mama is healthy, that just that 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 inspiration of health just travels in ripples out to so many people. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can only imagine how that has impacted your children and the dreams that they set for themselves and how they go about them too. Right. Because there's, you know, you don't just walk up and say, "Hey, I'm going to get in a triathlon." You know, you t- you take some steps. Right. And it's I- funny because that's how I got into <laughs> triathlon. And so they 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 saw that. I had accomplished these goals with running that I never thought I would do. I never thought that I would be running full marathons back to back. And after I had done probably about eight full marathons, I said, I want to do a triathlon, but I don't know how to swim. I never, I grew up in Florida, but I didn't know how to swim. So I said, I told my kids, I'm like, I'm going to do a triathlon. They're like, you're going to do a triathlon. (laughs) I said, yes. So I'm going to go ahead and register for the race then I'm going to find somebody to teach me how to swim. So I'm committing myself to doing this and I'm going to work my way up to that. Mm-hmm. And that's how I got into triathlon. <laughs> yeah, I've I've seen a couple of people over the years who swimming is the last thing that they learn in the triathlon. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Yeah, that, so that's, and you know, being a swimmer is the first thing I think about. Right. You know, if somebody wants me to swim a leg in a, in a triathlon, I'm available for that, but I'm not available for much else. <laughs> I, but that's, my mind is changing about that. Mm-hmm. And I love the fact that your kids are getting interested in you doing and being healthy. I mean, and, and the, what we show children, I'm a swim coach also, okay. and I've been coaching for decades and our, our swim team was just kids started quitting by the dozens during the pandemic. Mm. But I said, I'm going to celebrate my birthday with the kids this year and let them coach me and do it in a 55 lap workout. Cause I'm going to be 55 this year. Okay. And and I'm got to train for it. I got a bathing suit that says 55 on and everything. We're going to have a little breakfast after it and stuff. So one of the kids challenged me for one set to do three fifties. I can, I can say that to you because you know what it is, but it's really two lap swims on 55. I was like, oh, wait a second. I don't know if I can do that. Let me practice. <laughs> let me work on that. And I'll let you know if we can add that to the workout, but it's just getting them involved and, and right. it doesn't have to be something huge. It can be my own event. And you can do that for yourself too, to keep yourself in shape, you know, and to keep yourself feeling vibrant. So yeah, we are on the same page with that, you know, just infusing that health is not just for today for young people. Health is is for life. Health is not just one photo. Health is a lifestyle, you know, and it takes time to build. Tell me a little bit about how you've, your, your life and career has benefited from all the energy that you have that has been created by being healthier? Absolutely. Well, first, it's the energy to do things. It's the mindset to know that 
I can do anything. You know, I set the goal to do a marathon on every continent. When I did a marathon in Antarctica, I said, if I could do that, I will never complain about it being cold outside again. (laughs) If I could run 26.2 miles on a frozen continent, there's no way that I can't accomplish this goal at work because all I have to do is break it down into bite-sized pieces. Like I look at a race and it's one discipline at a time. When I go into a triathlon, I don't focus on, I have to run a marathon at the end of all of this. No, that comes later. Right now, my vision is to get to the finish line of the swim. I get through these 2.4 miles of the swim. Now, okay, now I can focus on the bike. And one mile at a time, one pedal stroke at a time, I'm going to get through this 112 miles. And then I'll be concerned about getting through a marathon. And so I break everything down one one step at a time. When I'm at work and I have a project that I'm working on, I'm in human resources. It's These are my goals and I'll set it out just like I do a training plan. You set it out and you mark off one at a time, making your deadlines just like on my week set up on a training, I know that I have swim on Mondays and Wednesdays. I bike on Thursdays and do strength training on Tuesdays. I break everything down. And so even at home, things are kind of regimented that way. And I think with, with my daughter, when she, she's away at LSU and it's her first year in college. And so she works in her planner and she sets things out and does her best not to procrastinate on things because you have a goal to get to. So I think starting off with prioritizing my health with fitness worked its way through to the nutrition aspect of it, which came later, which I had to kind of reset my mind on the physical will never get to where you need to be if you don't get the nutrition, you know, in check. And that is even more important when you're dealing with health issues. So I consulted with the nutritionist and I have a nutrition coach now that helps me keep things the way they're supposed to be. So it it kind of all rolls together. <laughs> you know, I think one of the things that I'm learning from doing this podcast is that there's, I know this for myself, but every woman that I've spoken to, you know, they, the, the movement part is not the hard part. Yes. You know, the movement part was the part that came first and came easier. The right. more difficult, and I'm not going to say more difficult, the more challenging part is eating and being prepared for healthy eating. Take some getting into. If you've been in your life, you've been in your African-American foods and Caribbean foods and whatever foods that we've been eating for the last how many years, you don't even know where to start even. There's so much information. And I'm glad you checked in with the nutritionist, you know, to kind of see the difference. It has made a huge difference because I, from 2012 up until last year, no, actually this year, I hadn't worked with a nutrition coach. And so I was doing the physical Mm -hmm. and, but I I wasn't quite where I wanted to be with my goals and my races. And because I always felt depleted, I felt like I'd been run over by a truck by the, and, you know, I got to the finish line, but I didn't feel good, but I started working with a nutrition coach this summer. And every race I've done since then, I've had a personal record and I felt good after the race. And so it's it's, with my kids coming home, it's like, okay, this is what we're having for breakfast, dinner. And I, you know, I have my meals in between, but it is, it's made a huge difference. And you're right. It is the most challenging part, but the reward of it is 
you know, and it, and I think part of it with me coming into, I'm, I'll be 50 next year and your body changes, right? Yes, so, yes, you know, you have to increase your protein. You have to change certain things to be able to maintain your muscle mass and, you know, so forth. So it, it's a whole learning process. And it's almost like it's harder to do that training than it is for me to go out and do a 115 mile bike ride. <laughs> no, that, that is, I, I, I hear you. And, you know, I've, I've been in this health, you know, journey in my life for a number of years. And I've done a lot of different health changes. You know, I, I was on like the vegan thing in the nineties, you know, in the early nineties too, you know, mm -hmm. not when it was like, Oh, let's be vegan. And I realized that that's kind of difficult for me mm -hmm. because I was, I was in a, a business at the time where I had a lot of out doing entertaining with people and clients and things going out to dinners and stuff. So that was kind of tough. So then I said, well, you know, I can do fish and vegetables and, you know, I can be a vegetarian and eat fish. I can do that. So I did that for a while. And I was even cooking vegan in the early nineties, which, which I was also told was not tasty. So my father said, you know, you need to let that go. eggs in them, And let's just move on. So I kind of was like, okay, I can do that too. And I kind of got to a rhythm where, you know, I was my my health my healthy eating was i was comfortable with it fresh vegetables i was learning how to make all the kind of foods that i was normally eating collard greens sweet potatoes you know all of these things differently mm -hmm. so over the years i've you know black eyed peas all these types of things that are are traditional foods for me i've learned how to make them in a just completely different way and now it's in my life you know and my right. son is like you know, it, our, when we take something to, you know, a gathering, it's different from how other people, how it looks for other people, but other people are like, wow, that does taste good. And, you know, so it's just bringing a different twist on right. what we normally eat. And that is, it's hard. And it takes a little bit of time that what's been your favorite recipe that you've gotten into over the years? I don't know if I have a favorite recipe, but you're right. Things are made different. And, you know, like the way my mom used to make greens is different than how I make them. You know, if I make them for, for, I'll have smoked turkey. I, you know, I let go of pork and, <laughs> and my kids like it, you know, they, they eat over their grandparents' house and, you know, it's, it's what I cook is a little different, but it's as good and they love it. <laughs> right. So they're learning, Hey, different ways can be mm -hmm. as good and delicious. Right. So I just, I'm just really excited for you and your races to come. And there's a, there's just a lot that you've said. And one of the things that you've said that is, you know, that we're going to take right into our special segment, the mindful moment, seasonal sisters, mindful moment is that, you know, even though you have an injury, you can still be active. And I want to let people know, because the mindful moment, there's a fact, and then there's some tips, and then we're going to develop a recipe for people who might be, you know, having, want to pay attention to this issue. And the fact for this particular mindful moment is that a biochemical study showed a higher Achilles tendon stiffness in Black athletes, which potentially makes them more susceptible to a rupture. And since the both of us had an ACL tear, I figured we could we could start with that as a fact. 
And what are some tips that you might share with people who are having some, you know, ACL stiffness or just feeling a little tight in the knees? Tight in the knees. Well, for me, it's been doing yoga, making sure that I, you know, I, I grew up dancing. Yeah. So it, it's to make sure that my muscles stay stretched and they stay, you know, I'm, I'm giving them the proper self-care. <laughs> this is my muscles because they're putting in the work yeah. um, that I, I need to take care of them. So it has, it's de- yoga has definitely helped. Stretching is key before and after any physical activity. Wonderful. Well, you know, I'm, I'm kind of into body astrology too. And I, I, I didn't even know I was going to share this, but the knees are associated with Capricorn and Capricorn is about stability. And when you have some stiffness in your knees, you know, think about if you feel stable where you are, are you moving on solid ground or is it, are you just feeling rocky? in how you're moving through the world, you know? So that's what I'm thinking about. But also I, I, re- I recognize that stretching is an amazing tool. And flexibility has a lot to do with longevity too. Mm-hmm. You know, the more flexible we are, the, the, they have correlated that with longer life. So that is, you know, one, I was, I was with my son at the doctor and he just put his hands right on the floor when he touched his toes. The woman was like, wow. <laughs> so people don't assume that... You, people are flexible, but it's very important to be flexible. So a recipe for that. So I I appreciate you sharing those tips. Well, what would be a recipe? Like how could we throw that into our daily living as a recipe for success? I'm I'm thinking beginning the day with some stretching kind of maybe, and what else would you add? So if you have a sedentary job and you're sitting at your desk, there are numerous YouTube videos on desk yoga. And I remember I was asked to go, now I'm not a yoga instructor, but I was asked to go from a friend of mine to come speak to her team that works in a call center because they're at their desk the whole time. So I went on YouTube and I did some research online and looked at some stretches or little strength exercises that you can actually do at your desk. So just because you have a, a, a job where you're sitting for most of the time while you're doing that, it's it's good to move around and maybe you know, do some twists in your chair or stand up. If you have the opportunity to have a standing desk, take full use of that, but definitely look up some resources for desk yoga or chair yoga. I completely (laughs) love it. In the winter sisters, five day slowdown workbook. I always add a video for stretching when you're at your desk, because when you're in the colder states, People aren't necessarily going outside doing a lot of activity in the winter months. Right. And like you have that benefit down in Orlando, which is, you know, just an amazing benefit. But so more stuff is done inside. So I I include a video for strength training indoors and a a video for stretching in that in that particular program. So that is a wonderful idea. And I just want to ask you if you have any, clo- where can we find, where can we follow you and learn more about the races you're doing and everything that you tell us a little bit more about what, what Yolanda's got going on out here. Cause I know you got a lot of stuff happening. <laughs> well, next year I'm 
purposely did not plan any full full Ironmans because I said there's other things. It takes so long to train for that. There are other things I want to do. My goal is to finish my Abbott Major journey, Abbott Major Marathon journey. So I'll finish that with running the Tokyo Marathon in March. Next summer, at the end of next summer, I plan to summit Kilimanjaro. So I will hike to the tallest point in Africa. <laughs> and then I'll finish off the year with the half Ironman. Where's the half Ironman? It'll be in Augusta, Georgia. Oh, not so far. Not so far. Where do they swim in Augusta, Georgia? Where's the swim? Savannah River. Okay. Yeah. Didn't know that again, <laughs> but got it. <laughs> I love it. But so I can be found on Instagram. My username is fame1908. Love it. Fame. Now, have you been featured in any magazines? Where are they showcasing all things Yolanda? I have not been in a magazine. I've done a couple of interviews on the Weather Channel after my marathon in Antarctica. And then some a couple blogs I've done interviews for. Okay, that is great. And I, do you have, in addition to your work in human resources, I know that you also have a business that you are sharing and please share it with our listeners a sure, little bit. Sure. I a t-shirt creator, Black Butterfly Designs on Etsy. Mm -hmm. So I do custom designs as well as a number of statement t-shirts. Statement t-shirts. What's the best seller? Tell us what the best seller is. Well, the best seller was, was a mask that I had created, but with COVID kind of dwindling down, you know, not so much, but a lot of my, I, I had a shirt that was using American Sign Language that said, Black Lives Matter, but it was in sign language. And that was a huge seller. Oh, and I it's still up on my page. Mm -hmm. I love that. Oh, thank you for that contribution to that sure. cause. Absolutely. You know, so all of those links will be in the show notes so that everyone can get behind Yolanda and share the journey that you have and support you and, you know, and cheer you on because it is quite exciting to, to watch, even though I'm not there. So I, I want to thank you for, for joining us. Any last comments on adding seasonal healthy habits to one's life? And just th that word, that's going to be the word that's going to give it to women of all ages of any season in their life of why prioritizing health is so important. You owe it to yourself. I say it all the time. I loved myself enough to get up this morning, to get up this morning and move. You know, it's not always fun waking up at five o'clock in the morning, but I'd love myself enough to do so. And I always kind of go back to where I was in 2012. I never want to revisit again. Not for me, not for my children to see. That's just not where I want to go. So every day I make a new commitment to myself to keep pushing forward and not go back. Starting over is so much harder than keep keeping to go, keeping going. That's the t-shirt. Starting over is so much e is harder. <laughs> over is so much harder than keeping going. Yeah, that's that, that's it. I love that. <laughs> on that note, Yolanda, I want to say thank you for being a guest on the Seasonal Sisters podcast. And to all of our listeners, I hope you enjoyed this episode. And we will be back next week with another edition of the Seasonal Sisters podcast. Have a great day. That's it for this week's episode of the Seasonal Sisters podcast. If something made you think of your sister, aunt, niece, or friend, please share this episode. 
For more information on seasonal coaching programs, follow me on Instagram at The Real Janice Saunders. And follow us in your favorite podcast app so that you don't miss our next episode. I'm Janice Saunders, wishing you a sweet week filled with nourishing things to keep you happy and healthy. See you next week.